No. Enough. Even torturing you is boring. This is the small council. Welcome back to another episode of Small Council Radio. We have something a little different in store for you today. Something a little special that I've been working on. Well, not been working on. I've had it in my head for a while, and I've just recently started to work on it. We have talked about doing smaller, shorter episodes for a while And I came up with the idea that I'm going to pre-record some episodes on certain topics and we'll release them uh, spread out through the week or in place of an episode that maybe we couldn't all get together and record on. To that end, we will be beginning with episode one of Extra Shots with the Master of Drink. the god of jits and wine you seem rather drunk i drink and i know things Welcome to Extra Shots with the Master of Drink. I am your host, Cyrus Moore, also known as Cyrus the Damn Virus, also known as the Prophet of Sir Robert Strong. But for the purposes of this podcast, I am the Master of Drink. Let's start this show off right. We are drinking a Sapporo today. Sapporo is probably my favorite beer. It is a Japanese beer, and I highly recommend it. For our extra shots today, we will be discussing a buyer's guide for the Lannisters. Now, it has never failed. If we're on Facebook or Discord, we'll have a newer player come on and say, Hey, I've just started the game. Could you please give me some advice on what units that I should buy next? And we do have to repeat ourselves a lot so i thought it would be handy if we had a podcast that we could point these newer players at and say why don't you listen to that see if you can pick up some information there and that is the topic of today we will be discussing the buyer's guide for the lannisters we're going to be breaking this up into a few sections i thought about just running a list of all of these in order it's like you should buy this one and then you should buy this one and then you should buy this one i'm not going to do that necessarily exactly I'm, I'm splitting them up into categories and because this is a drink themed show because i am in fact the master of drink i will be breaking these up into your beers and wines that can you know go with everything those are the ones that you're going to start with your hard liquor these are ones that you're going to pick up later on as you've built up some experience and then you got your chasers 
which are the things that you're going to buy after you've got yourself a starting point. And those are going to be the neutrals. The, the chasers are neutrals. We're going to make it a double. And in that section, we will have units that you're going to want to buy two or more of. And then we're going to have your rot gut. That's your stuff that uh, you might want to stay away from, at least initially, unless you are an avid collector and you want to buy everything anyway, which in that case, you don't really need any advice on what you should buy. You should just buy everything. I should encourage everyone to buy everything. But if you're not made of money and you want to start off a little slowly, I think episodes like this, doing a breakdown, are going to be good for a lot of players out there. So if you know any players that are just starting in the game that are thinking about starting with Lannisters, point them in this direction and we'll help them out. Uh, later episodes will feature the rest of the factions. I'm going to be doing breakdowns for every main faction except for Martells because they only have a few units out and you're pretty much just going to want to buy everything that's available for the Martells right now. But for now, we will be starting with the Lannisters with our beers and wines. It's only wine. First item up in our beers and wines, you're going to want to get yourself a starter. Obviously. Now, which starter do you want to get? I still, to this day, recommend that new players get the two-player starter box. I haven't seen these for full retail price in a long time. And they are still probably the best bang for your buck because you are getting two factions worth, Lannisters and Starks, four units each, all of the starter materials, your terrain, your dice, your tokens, all of it, sometimes for $100 or less. And if you split that up with a friend, you got yourself a starter for 50 bucks or less. I've seen them go for $60, $70 on Metro Market. It is probably the best deal. And the units that come in the box aren't half bad either. Got two units of guardsmen, a unit of halberdiers, and a unit of mountainsmen. Gregor Commander, Jamie Commander. Those are a little iffy nowadays, but still not awful. Cersei NCU, Tyrion NCU, not too bad. Best bang for your buck for the Lannisters. Now, if you have absolutely no interest in Starks, and you want to get the newer sculpts, you can go ahead and get yourself the Lannister-only starter box. Uh, instead of getting Mountain's Men, though, you're getting Brigands. And we'll find out later in the show, Brigands aren't looking so hot right now for their point cost. I don't recommend you get yourself Brigands. Mountain's Men, they are a little bit maligned right now, but I still think Mountain's Men are fine the way that, the way that they are. So they are a better unit than the Brigands. I don't think that that's really debatable. So you get yourself your starter box, whichever starter box you feel most comfortable with. Again, best bang for your buck is the two-player starter, but there's nothing wrong with getting the Lannister-only starter if you're only interested in Lannisters. The second box that I recommend you get, and in, these in, in the wines and beers, I am going to put these a little bit in order. You don't have to follow that order, obviously, but I do recommend this order of boxes to pick up for one specific reason. Uh, the first box that I recommend that you get is a unit of Lannister crossbows. The reason why is that gives you another tool to play with with a long-ranged unit. 
and getting used to using long-ranged units is one of the big keys in the game. They are very powerful. They Every long-ranged unit has a lot of utility to it. And adding that to the starter box, you're going to feel some pretty good returns on that. Immediately after getting the crossbows, I recommend getting Lannister Heroes 1. That's going to help you fill out your list even better. Because you're getting more NCUs, you're getting more commanders, you're getting attachments. Uh, Highly, highly recommend getting the Lannister Heroes 1 box because... There is, I don't think there's a single bad unit in the box. Not one. Uh, and a lot of box boxes, the heroes boxes, attachment boxes, can't say that. You're getting Sander Clegane attachment. You're getting the Tyrion attachment. You're getting Tywin commander, Tyrion commander, High Sparrow commander. Now, Tywin's not looking so good, but I'm running... Tywin in triple heavy cab, and he's doing just fine, trust me. Uh, Tyrion is excellent. High Sparrow's great. Pycelle, NCU in the box. High Sparrow, NCU in the box. And Tywin, NCU. I mean, that is a great, great hero's box with units that you can use just right out. There's, there's, there's hardly anything in there that you're not going to want to use, especially starting out. You're trying to fill out your lists. Make sure you hit the 40-point cap. That that box is going to get you there easily. Next up, after you get Lannister Heroes 1, I would recommend picking up a unit of Knights of Casterly Rock. And there's a, there's a specific reason why. It's a cavalry unit. And that's mostly why. I like to build versatile lists. I think that those tend to have the most success. I like to have an infantry melee unit. I like to have an infantry long-ranged unit. And I like to have a unit of cavalry on the field. And that gives you a lot of ability to respond to changes in the battlefield. Knights of Castle Rock are an excellent cavalry unit. They have the lance ability. They're able to run over units that get in your way. I mean, they're a Mack truck coming at you. They discourage your opponent from attacking them with their Lancer Supremacy. Now, the Lancer Supremacy is not as good as, as it is on an infantry unit, but it still is that voice in the back of your opponent's heads, like, do I really want to attack these? Because I could take a lot of wounds back if I do. Knights of Castle Rock are an excellent, excellent unit, and I recommend you pick them up early. And if you have, say... 200 bucks to spend. I would recommend getting all four of those boxes if you can, uh, depending on, you know, obviously what's on sale, what you can find. But if you find the cheap starter box that you're able to split with a friend and they're able to give you some money for their star calf, uh, you can pick up all four of those boxes all together and you are going to be set for a while until you learn the game. You'll be able to learn ranged units. You'll be able to learn cavalry units. And you're going to have some success. Uh, you, you may not be winning games, but you're going to get a feel for how the, each of these units work by, by diversifying the types of units that you get. Fifth up on my recommends is Lannister Heroes 3. 
there's a specific reason why I chose Lannister Heroes 3 here, and that is the strength of the commanders that come with the box, and also the inclusion of the Mountain That Rides. The Mountain That Rides is a solo four-point cavalry tray, and that also helps with your list building. Having four-point options to be able to put out on the field helps you save points to be able to bring more expensive units. And he's just cool as hell. He is a monster on the field. He he dwarfs all other human models out on the field. And he's he's almost worth it just for that. Now, some of the attachments, some of the NCUs are a little bit weaker in the power level. That's kind of why I put him a little bit lower in the priorities. But still, I think he's among some of the first things that you should get is Lannister Heroes 3. Because it's going to help with your list building. It's going to bring some commanders that you're going to really enjoy playing with Adam Marbrand and Kevin Lannister. It was a very welcome addition to the Lannisters for players that have been in the game for a while. And if you're starting in the game and you're able to pick this box up, I think you're going to have some fun with it. Lastly, in our beers and wines, I am going to recommend getting a box of Poor Fellows. So Poor Fellows are not as good as they were, let's say, this time last year. But they're going to, again, help with your list building because they are a four-point unit. Four-point infantry, 12 wounds, they, they do some work be it just sitting on an objective and scoring points or being proactive, maybe body blocking one of your high value units, getting in the way so your opponent can't charge them. They are useful. They're not necessarily useful in combat. They hit like a pillow full of uh, leaves. I wouldn't even say feathers. Are leaves lighter than feathers? I'm not sure. How about a pillow full of air? Because it is so difficult to get wounds in on an attack with poor fellows. But they they will take up space. They will provide some utility. But mostly it's there for list building. And that concludes our wines and beers. Let's, uh, let's hit up the hard stuff. I always drink before a fight. It's not easy being drunk all the time. Everyone would do it if it were easy. All right. Hard liquor. These are the units that you're going to pick up a little bit further on down the line after you've built up some experience. Uh, These are not units that you're just going to want to throw out there right off the bat because they require just a, a tad bit more finesse than the units that we've already discussed. Starting with probably the hardest of the hard liquors. I mean, we're talking pure ethanol here. Pyromancers. These guys are a blast to play with. And they are a blast when they die and blow up. Because <laughs> that's going to happen if you're not careful with these. Pyromancers, they do not allow defense saves when they attack. So whatever you hit... Typically, unless your opponent has an ability that allows them to block the hits anyway, they will have to take wounds for every hit that you roll. 
And sometimes they're hard to hit back because they have horrific visage and they have to take a panic test every time they attack them. What really snags these guys is if they become weakened and you're not going to get your hits through and then you're also going to be taking hits on ones. So you that's part of why I would recommend waiting just a little while before you pick up a unit of pyromancers because your opponent, unless you're dealing with somebody that is also new, are going to zero down on these guys with weakened tokens and pressure them with their own units. And they're going to wilt under pressure because six saves. that they're, they're saving on, on sixes only. They're going to, to fall apart under pressure. And to ranged units. Again, I talked about how good ranged units were to start off this episode. Ranged units will make pyromancers very sad. So, that is one that you should consider. Another one that you'll consider later on down the line is Red Cloaks. Red Cloaks are here because they ha- their role has changed somewhat since they were recently nerfed by their attack profile going from hitting on threes to hitting on fours. These are not a frontline combat unit. These guys are going to hang around and support and try to do little dances, little shimmies around the battlefield trying to trigger panic tests. You also have to consider how you're going to keep their abilities activated by controlling the crown and by controlling the bags. And you're going to need to plan ahead either with list building and bringing certain NCUs that help you guarantee the zones or by claiming those zones, knowing that you can claim those zones before your opponent. And that's not always going to be the case. Your opponent's going to be able to go first half the time in this game, and they'll be able to block it. So that's why they appear just a little bit later in what you're going to be looking for. Next up, let's talk about Warrior Sons. So Warrior Sons, I kind of wanted to put in an initial buy, but... Warrior Sons are right now only working in two types of lists. Adam Marbrand as a commander, which you get in Lannister Heroes 3, or in High Sparrow lists, where High Sparrow is your commander. You don't typically see Warrior Sons in any other list besides those two. And because they're more of a specialty unit that you're not going to be running with every commander, you, you could. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the unit. They're just, they're expensive. And because of their faith token mechanic, they're using them for offense and defense. It just requires a little bit more finesse than your standard infantry unit. That's why this made the hard liquor section. is It's not one that you're going to jump out and try to get out the gate. But it is something you're going to want to pick up later on when you get more experience. Last up in this section, we'll talk about Lannister Heroes 2. Now, I remember when Lannister Heroes 2 was released, and we were all really excited. King Joffrey, commander in the Kingsguard. This hero's box comes with its own unit. And every single member of that unit is also an attachment that you can put in other units. It had quite a run in 1.5, 1.6, and then the Kingsguard unit itself took a bit of a hit in 2021. Uh, Joffrey 
as a commander and his card took a bit of a hit in 2021. This is not a box that you need to run out there and get immediately. It doesn't make the rot gut section. This is not one that you're going to avoid, but it may very well be the last box that you pick up of boxes that you want to have out the gate. And it's, it's going to sound weird because Joffrey NCU is really good. And Joffrey NCU works with red cloaks really well, but the rest of the box, it's kind of hit and miss. Not all of the Kingsguard attachments are, are played right now. We don't see very much of Boris Blount. Don't see very much of Eris Oakheart. We see some Mandon Moore. See some Barrison uh, Selmy. Don't see very much of Jamie. Uh, see some Marin Trant now with some of the boxes that have been released. It's, it's a little rough. And hopefully uh, we do see some upcoming changes. And that now that, that I've said that, if we do get a balance patch in the near future, this whole list could change. Uh, you could see this box move up into a priority buy. But until then, this might be the last box that you're going to want to pick up. Let's move to the rot gut section. Drink. Drink. These units you're going to want to avoid. These will be probably your very last pickups. These are your collection pickups to find to to finish off your collection of the Lannisters. You may very well pick these up early on because you love the sculpts or you really want to try them. But these particular boxes I would not recommend being early purchases until you get in that collection phase of you got to have everything. We're going to start off with House Clegane Brigands. Now, if you picked up a single-player Lannister starter, you already have these. And you definitely don't want to get another one. <laughs> because right now, these guys just aren't that good. They're a little bit overcosted. They don't do enough to justify their cost. There are better cavalry options within Lannisters and within other factions that are cheaper than these guys. So I would definitely avoid these guys. And they're one of the reasons why I recommend the two-player starter for Lannisters as opposed to the solo box. That said, if you want to try out Brigands, fast cavalry can be effective in the game. And you can hit really hard with these guys if you build the list to cater to them. Uh, these guys are going to be your finisher unit. If you do some damage on initial run, you can bring these guys into a flank and probably wipe out the unit. But you could probably do that with other units as well. So I would skip the brigands. Next, let's talk about the Lansport City Watch. Oh, man. Lansport City Watch. I wanted to love these guys out the gate. I really did. They have a very unique suite of abilities, and I have experimented with them on several occasions. They're a little bit of a struggle. The reason why is, one, their stat line. I abhor almost every unit that you want to play offensively that hits on force. And these guys with their adaptive style allowing you to get additional hits, you're not going to hit a whole lot with the rest of their attack profile. And if you use adaptive style defensively, 
you're definitely not going to get a whole lot of hits with them. The second part is their initial morale is seven, and that's seen as bad. It's been talked about in the game a lot. A seven morale is below average for the game. Now, it might be average as far as statistics go, but it's below average for the game. Now, the fact that they can auto-pass their morale if they're engaged with a unit with less ranks than them, that's what caught me. That's what drew my attention. It's like, oh, this unit's going to be so good. It's good on paper. It is not necessarily good in practice. Your opponent's going to be charging them, trying to to take off ranks. And as soon as they start taking off ranks, you're not going to get that ability. Hardly ever. And it's a shame because I really liked the idea behind these guys. But as it stands right now, they're just a little bit too much of a struggle for me. And this is not a priority unit that you're going to want to look to get. You'll get them eventually, and maybe they'll get changed in the next balance patch to get maybe just a little bit boost, because I think that's all they need. I think they only need a little bit of a bump. Not much, but as it stands right now, there are better units that you can buy for six points that are going to most likely perform better. Next up, another unit that's probably overcosted for what it will do, the Casterly Rock Honor Guard. We recently received these. They are just now hitting stores. We have known about these for maybe a month or two. They had been uh, leaked a while back and almost unanimously, which you get a group of people, much less war gamers together. You're not going to have unanimous opinions. Unanimously, everybody hates the honor guard. They are eight points. They are incredibly expensive, slow moving infantry with a very weird ability that works off of condition tokens and the unit itself does not hand out condition tokens. So you have to rely on another unit to help this unit do its thing. It's, it's, it's a bit of a uh, bit too much, bit too much to ask for almost a quarter of your army. It is 20% of your army. And you need to build around it to make it work. It's not worth it for me, guys. Now, to be completely fair, I've only run one game with them. Just one. So I have not extensively playtested these guys. Some people say that they're they're solid. And I believe it because their defense and their morale is really good. But in a competitive sense... An opponent's going to be able to dance around these guys. And they're going to make you pay for investing so much into a single unit that can hardly make its way across the table. So I would recommend these as one of your last pure Lannister units that you're going to want to take. Last up in the named Lannister boxes. I think you've probably noticed by now I'm sticking with Lannister boxes only. We'll be talking about the neutral boxes in the next section. Last Lannister box, the very last box I recommend you get is the Lannister attachments box. This is a bit of a sad case. Lannister attachments one has copies of attachments that we've already seen. You'll have assault veteran and guard captains 
in your starter box. Champion of Faith comes in Warrior Sons. And then you get three additional attachments. Uh, the Sentinel Enforcer actually comes in the Honor Guard box. The Turncoat, which is an opponent, uh, opponent attachment. And then the Clegane Butcher, which is a cavalry attachment. None of those three at the end are seen as being very good. The Turncoat is a little bit clunky to use. Sentinel Enforcer's Taunt is clunky to use as well. And the Clegane Butcher is probably overcosted for what it does. The attachments box is an almost completely skippable box unless you're collecting or you just really, really want to try out the Turncoat and the Clegane Butcher. As it stands right now, I don't think that I have used any of those attachments in months. Maybe almost a year since I actually bought the box have I used any of them. So that will conclude our Rot Gut section. Glad we got that over with. I'm feeling better. Now, to get that rotten taste out of our mouth, let's do some chasers. Fuck the water. Bring me wine. Everything's better with some wine in the belly. Now, let's start off with some neutrals to chase those terrible, terrible units down with. These will make you feel better, I promise. First neutral up that we should talk about is Neutral Heroes 1. Now, I would lump this in with some of the very first boxes that you're going to want to buy along with uh, it, it might be right next to Lannister Heroes 1. Neutral Heroes 1 is a great box. Absolutely great. You're going to get Peter Baelish which might be one of the best NCUs in the game. But definitely one of the most used NCUs in the game. Lord Varys. Great NCU. Probably overlooked. Roose Bolton. Another great NCU. You're going to get Roose Commander. I took Roose Commander and Lannisters to Nationals last year and did really well. Uh, Ramsey Snow Commander. Uh, he took a bit of a hit since 1.6, but people still like him. And Ramsey Snow Attachment, along with the Reek Attachment. It, the, these guys fit in really well with the Lannisters, and you're going to notice a bit of a theme with these neutrals. The Bolton side of the neutrals all fit really well with what the Lannisters are trying to do. And to that end, I mean, Cutthroats. House Bolton Cutthroats, again, fit really well with what the Lannisters are trying to do. They're a cheap, offensive, panic-focused unit. And with the Lannisters' ability to heal from failed panic tests, you don't necessarily mind them saving on fives and having a seven morale. They'll take some hits, but if you're getting your opponent to fail panic tests, these guys are just going to keep coming right back. So if you're not liking the mostly defensive Lannister cards that you're going to sit on a point and hope your opponent comes to you, bring Cutthroats. Cutthroats, you can bring two of them. Heck, you can probably bring three of them if you really wanted to. These guys are really good right now. They received a bit of a buff in the Season 1 of 2021. They got their two-hit value uh, changed back to a three, and they're very good. So, House Bolton Cutthroats. Another House Bolton unit. House Bolton Flayed Men. Oh boy. These guys. So I would argue that they're not the absolute must-have cavalry unit for Lannisters. Not anymore. They used to be. But now I think Knights of Castle Rock are right there with them as far as their utility and power level. But Flayed Men. 
absolutely excellent. Again, feeding in to that panic theme with their intimidating presence and their vicious melee attack. And they could single-handedly be responsible for a lot of failed panic tests. And again, healing off panic, they're going to be able to heal units around them with their opponents failing their panic tests. Excellent. Excellent heavy cavalry option. And then our last chaser that we're going to talk about here is Neutral Heroes 2. Now, this one is the last neutral unit that you should probably consider at least to start off with you can you can you can take other ones if you want to but we're going to keep it limited to these guys for now neutral heroes 2 the reason why i mentioned neutral heroes 2 is brawn you're going to want to bring brawn and your crossbows or some of your other defensive units uh dario naharis you can bring him in with some of your units say bring him in with cutthroats to make them even more offensive dario commander not half bad in Lancers because you're going to want to control the bag anyway, and he has the ability to control the bag through a tactics card of his. Tycho, he's been nerfed a little bit. He went up to five points, but he can save the bacon of one of your heavy cavalry units, or if you're trying to run Joffrey Commander, he can save the bacon of the Kingsguard with his snap your fingers and heal five wounds. Vargo Commander, Vargo Attachment, these guys... They're not going to draw your eye initially, but they still have some uses and have some cards that do synergize with the Lannisters. But there's a reason why that these guys are mentioned at the very end of our Chaser segment. And as we close the show, we should close this show right. Bartender, make it a double. You're so drunk, you're probably seeing double. I have two guns, one for each of you. Now, I know that's not a Game of Thrones quote, but you know what else? I don't care! So, discussing making it a double, these are units that you're going to want to buy two or more of. First off, I think that you should get two units of crossbows. Now, this was the first unit that I recommend you getting after your starter. Later on down the line, I think you should pick up a second one. Double long-ranged units are difficult for a lot of lists to deal with. Because you're going to cover a lot of field area. And it's just pepper damage. That if, you're, if your unit just gets, if your opponent gets a little bit too, our, too far out in front, they're going to have some trouble dealing with the double long range. Next up, we'll recommend you get another unit of Knights of Castle Rock. Double heavy cavalry, or even triple heavy cavalry, has become a bit of a meta thing right now. Heavy cavalry is able to take damage and deal out damage and be highly maneuverable. These are all great things. And the Knights of Castle Rock, on top of not only being defensive and offensive, but they also have a retribution effect with their Lancer Supremacy. If you're running two Knights of Castle Rock, two Lance Cav on the field, and your opponent doesn't have an answer for it, they're in for a long day. So consider running to Knights of Castle Rock. Now, we're going to have a, a a minor recommendation for a second unit of Poor Fellows if you're really trying to pad your activations. If you're trying to get to five activations with two uh, strong power units in your list, you're going to want to have another unit of Poor Fellows. Because if you run uh, two units of Poor Fellows with Gregor and three four-point NCUs, that is 16 points. 
you'll have 16 points to play with for your other two units. That's enough to run two heavy cavalry. That's enough to run some heavy infantry, some pyromancers with an attachment. So you're able to get your activation padding along with also being able to run strong units. Now, poor fellows aren't that great in combat. They're, they're really there just to take up space and be a cheap activation in your list. But if that's what you're going for, if you think that that is the playstyle that you want, the second box of poor fellows is going to be something that you're going to be after. And that's it. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. And if you liked it, please let us know on Discord or Facebook. And we will continue this series with the rest of the factions and the buyer's guides. And then after we have finished that series, if there are any other topics that you would like for me to discuss on Extra Shots, let us know. This has been Extra Shots, and I think I need another drink. still here. Why? You seem rather drunk.